the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Day four of the war. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. The siege of Gaza continues as Israel continues enacting revenge for Saturday's terrorist attack at the hands of Hamas. This isn't about weakening Hamas. This is about destroying Hamas. Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says they didn't start this war, but they will finish it. Hamas will understand that by attacking us, they've made a mistake of historic proportions. We will exact a price that will be remembered by them for decades to come. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. These are going to be long weeks. There are going to be some pictures that come out of Gaza that are going to be tragic. But make no mistake about it, Prime Minister Netanyahu has the duty to defend his own people. Hamas now threatening to execute its hostages, including many Americans, if the Israeli airstrikes do not stop. This as Israel steps up efforts for an all-out ground invasion. Reporter Raf Sanchez. That would be complicated enough at the best of times, but adding to the complexity is how do you mount that offensive without harming the hostages? The Jewish state has called up 300,000 reservists and is arming volunteers in border towns. Correspondent Greg Palcott is in the border town of Sturat, Israel. They are ready for action. They are ready to move in when they decide to. The families of several Americans taken by Hamas held a press conference today in Tel Aviv. This woman's son is among the missing. He was injured in a gun battle at a music festival. They were fish in a barrel. This father's son also taken by the terror group. Hamas is evil. So if there ever was a moment of good against evil, this is it. A thousand Israelis and 11 Americans were slaughtered by Hamas in the surprise terror attack early Saturday. Florida Congressman Brian Mass condemns pro-Hamas protesters who rallied yesterday in New York City. They're Arab Nazis. They should be looked at no differently than that, and they might as well put a swastika in the middle of the, the black and the red and the green. Mass referring to the colors contained in the Palestinian flag, the White House was lit up in the colors of the Israeli flag last night, and President Biden is expected to speak to the nation soon at 1 o'clock today about the ongoing war in the Middle East. On Capitol Hill, congressional Republicans plan to vote tomorrow on a new House speaker. That vote will be tallied in a secret ballot, and then the full House must confirm the nominee. Reporter Nancy Cordes says the pressure's on to fill that seat, and soon. Republicans are, are meeting to try to work through this. They realize that they now have to work much more quickly than they even anticipated to put a speaker in place because the House is really stymied without one. Pollster Jennifer DePinto has more on what Republican voters want in a House speaker. Republicans do seek bipartisanship, but more, almost three quarters, want a speaker who will try to impeach Biden and a majority also wants someone who'll be loyal to Donald Trump. It's expected this race will come down to one of two men, Ohio's Jim Jordan, a Trump ally and chair of the House Judiciary Committee, or Louisiana Steve Scalise, currently the House Majority Leader. The Post Office wants to raise the price of a postage stamp again. It would be the fifth rate increase since 2021 and come on the heels of a July postage hike. The USPS filed a notice to hike rates beginning January 21st. 
1st. The proposed hike would push up postal rates by 17 percent since 2021, outpacing the 12 percent boost in inflation over the same period of time. Matt Piper says if approved, the cost of a postage stamp would increase to 68 cents starting in early January. In Major League Baseball, it was a rough ending last night for the Phillies in Atlanta. Harris at the track, he leaps, and he makes the catch! Harper might be doubled up! The throw gets away! The What a play. A spectacular catch by Braves outfielder Michael Harris led to Bryce Harper being doubled up on MLB's first ever postseason 8-5-3 double play. That catch ended a Phillies rally and even the NLDS at one game apiece. Pivotal game three tomorrow in Philly. More coming up in sports with Randy. Also ahead on the noon report for a Tuesday, prayer vigil in Amherst, new hospital in Lockport, and closing arguments in Rochester. Well, good afternoon to all. I'm Kevin Williams looking at more early November-like weather across the board with a chilly air mass in play and everything from sunshine to lake effect rain showers. I'll have forecast details coming up in 10 minutes. All right, Kevin, we will see you then. Let's check the stories making news where you live next. A prayer vigil held last night at the Jewish Community Center in Amherst, New York, to show support for the state of Israel as it continues to reel from Saturday's surprise terror attack at the hands of Hamas. Not since the Holocaust have so many Jews been killed on one day. 10,000 people of the Jewish faith live in western New York. Many of them have strong ties to Israel. I spoke today with the Reverend Jason McGuire about why Christians need to be paying close attention to what's happening right now in the Holy Land. Here's why it matters. We're engaged in this age-old spiritual conflict between our adversary, the devil, and ultimately God. We know that the Israelites are God's chosen people. With the rise of anti-Semitism we're seeing here in America and around the world, this is the sign of a deeper spiritual battle. And I believe that those of us in the evangelical local Christian community have a great opportunity now to show ourselves as great allies of Israel and the Jewish people, and thereby we might even win some for Christ. Yeah, uh, Many are saying that there are no two sides to this one, that uh, you need to pick a side, and that is the side of Israel. In Genesis 12, we read how God says, I will curse those that curse you, speaking of Israel, and I will bless those that bless you. Uh, do you agree with that assessment that even though this conflict has been going on since time began, that there are no two sides to this conflict if you are an American. You should be with the side of Israel. Yeah, I think that there is no nation that is perfect in all of its public policy. And again, I'm, I'm a guy that tends to work with government. No elected official is perfect. No government is perfect. That includes even the nation of Israel. But we do have to understand God has a special place in his heart for this people, and we ought to be encouraging folks to really stand on the side of Israel in this matter. Yeah, uh, And then there's the concern of this thing blowing up in into a, a wider war, a more regional war. God forbid that happens. Uh, if this does involve other players, other actors, let's say, for instance, Iran, how does this fit into, I know a lot of Christians in 2023 don't like to talk about biblical prophecy, but how would this fit into what the Bible says about these days that we're living in? Well, I do think that we are heading towards eschatologically something which will lead to the return of Jesus Christ. When exactly that happens, I don't 
don't know. But I can tell you this, when you see things happening in the nation of Israel, when you see things happening in that region of the world, it tends to ripple across the rest of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That is because, again, the heart and the eye of God is in that nation of Israel. Our enemy, the devil, knows that as well, and there is a war going on. Uh, I believe these are events that are leading to the return of Jesus Christ. All right, and as we see what could be happening next with ISIS-like tactics being employed, what counsel would you give to people who are on edge about what we may be witnessing next in this ongoing war? Well, you know, Psalm 122 tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And I think that's a good prayer for we as believers to have now and and into the future is to pray for the peace uh, in that region, particularly in, in that city of Jerusalem. We understand ultimately that peace will not come, though, until Yeshua comes again. Mm. Uh, so I think we as a believer can recognize that our hope and our peace is not found in this world. It is found in Jesus Christ. That is the Reverend Jason McGuire with New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New York's elected leaders are condemning that pro-Hamas rally yesterday in New York City. It was organized by the Democratic Socialists of America. New York City Councilman David Carr. Everyone who is in public office today should make clear where they stand and everyone should be standing with Israel right now. I condemn the whole concept of having a rally at a time when they're still counting bodies. Governor Hochul called the rally abhorrent and morally repugnant. Former New York Assemblyman Dove Hyken. It's pathetic. It's sick. What more does it take? Watching children being shot, grandmothers being murdered. I mean, the scenes that we are seeing, these are the Nazis of 2023. Still, more than a thousand pro-Hamas protesters chanted no justice, no peace on the streets of Manhattan. New York City Mayor Eric Adams says those who took part in that rally need to do some serious, in his words, soul searching. Onondaga County, New York Sheriff Toby Shelley vows to overhaul that law enforcement agency's body camera policy. The sheriff admits poor planning and miscommunication has led to issues since those cameras were purchased over a year ago. Soon, all deputies in the Syracuse area will be required to turn on their body cameras whenever they are dispatched to a call. Currently, there is no such policy stating when exactly officers should activate their body cameras. Closing arguments underway in the trial of accused cop killer Calvin Vickers in Rochester. He's the guy who allegedly shot and killed officer Tony Mazurkiewicz while he was working undercover last year. Monroe County District Attorney Sandra Dorley says Mazurkiewicz wasn't just killed, he was executed. There were so many gunshot wounds to his body. Um, One right through his forehead that entered his brain. A second officer seriously wounded in the July shooting. The jury heard from over 80 witnesses during the two-week trial. Vickers faces life in prison. College enrollment continues to slide in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Data released Monday by the State Department of Higher Education showed that overall headcount continued to slide down by 2.2 percent to 82,000 students. Some member institutions struggled, in particular Penn West University in western Pennsylvania. Its enrollment dropped by 11.5 percent, the largest loss of any school system, and it saw 20.5 percent fewer entering students this fall. Terry Diener, Family Life News. All right, Terry, thank you. A pair of Bloomsburg University graduates
graduates in Pennsylvania have donated $5 million of their own dollars to improve nursing programs at the school. Ed and Julie Breiner, who both graduated from what was then Bloomsburg State College in 1977, say their donation is a way to give back to the school and support quality health care in Pennsylvania. The money will be used for curriculum development at the Bloomsburg, Mansfield, Lock Haven, and Clearfield campuses. Niagara Falls, New York police have issued a warning following two recent assaults on women. Both of them happened in parking lots. Here's Family Life's Dee Haley. The first attack happened on September 19th when a woman was confronted in the parking lot of Pine Plaza on Niagara Falls Boulevard. The woman was forced behind a building and assaulted. This past Friday, a 14-year-old girl was confronted in the parking lot of Topps Markets on Portage Road and again, the victim was forced behind a building and assaulted. While police have not confirmed that the same person is behind both attacks, they have confirmed that there are a lot of similarities. D. Haley, Family Life News. All right, D. thank you. The doors to the new Lockport Memorial Hospital in western New York officially opened today. That 60,000 square foot facility features an emergency room department, lab services, diagnostic imaging, and medical offices. The hospital will provide care to thousands in Lockport and the surrounding suburbs. Many of the employees are from Eastern Niagara Hospital, which closed down in early summer. If you have unpaid turnpike tolls in Pennsylvania, the state may soon be coming to collect. Here's Family Life's Brian Query. Pennsylvania State Senate unanimously approved legislation that would authorize the Department of Revenue to go after the lottery winnings and income tax returns of those who have outstanding turnpike tolls in the state. In 2022, the Turnpike Commission said that more than $155 million in tolls went uncollected over a 12-month period on the roadway. Under the bill, lottery prizes of more than $2,500 or income tax refunds not subject to other claims would be garnished to pay the tolls. The bill now goes to the State House for consideration. Brian Query, Family Life News. Thank you very much, Brian. Let's pause next. Check out your Tuesday midday sports on the Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon. I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, what a fantastic finish to a playoff game. In Atlanta, the Braves came back from a 4-0 deficit, taking the lead on an Austin Riley two-run home run in the bottom of the eighth. In the top of the ninth, the Phillies had Bryce Harper on first base with one out, and Nick Castellanos at the dish. He hit a deep drive to center field. Harper was on his horse, rounding second. I'm sure thinking, I'm going to score to tie this game up. But Michael Harris II made a leaping catch at the wall, fired the ball in, and the Braves doubled up Harper to end the game. 5-4 the final. This series now tied at one as they head to Philly for game three tomorrow. In the other National League series, the Dodgers find themselves in a huge hole. They are now down 2-0 after losing the first two games of their series against the D-backs in Los Angeles. Arizona busted out in the first inning again against L.A., seizing a 3-0 lead. Zach Gallen made it stand up, going five and a third innings and giving up two runs. And then the bullpen shut down L.A. the rest of the way. Lords Gurriel Jr. added an insurance run for Atlanta with a solo shot in the sixth, 4-2 the final. 
Monday Night Football action saw the Las Vegas Raiders put an end to their three-game skid, knocking off the Packers 17-13. The Raiders' defense was the story in this one as they had three INTs. Jimmy Garoppolo also fired a touchdown pass for Las Vegas. And the puck drops tonight on the 2023-24 NHL season. The Penguins are hosting the Blackhawks and the defending champion Vegas Golden Knights welcome the Seattle Kraken to T-Mobile Arena. That is a look at sports. All right, Randy, thank you very much. Still to come on a busy noon report for a Tuesday. It's day four of the war. We'll have the latest from the Holy Land. RFK is running as an independent. And how sports ministry is changing lives. We'll shine the spotlight on the Fellowship of Christian Athletes after this. This is Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stonestreet. On Saturday morning, October 7, in a highly coordinated attack on Israel, the Islamic terror group Hamas fired thousands of rockets, overwhelming the nation's Iron Dome defense system, and sent hundreds of heavily armed militants breaching the border. In addition to soldiers at military outposts, civilians, including women and children, were also targeted in neighborhoods, at bus stops, at public events. By the end of the day, at least 800 Israelis had been killed and an estimated 100 kidnapped, making it the worst day of slaughter of Jews since the Holocaust. Though some have likened this event to 9-11, as Joel Rosenberg pointed out, for Israel's population of less than 10 million, 800 killed is equivalent to a mass casualty event of 30,000 Americans. In response, the Israeli government quickly declared a state of war, called up over 300,000 reservists, and laid the groundwork for a final battle to destroy the terror group that's long vowed to drive the Jews into the sea. And now, as an American fleet moves in and more evidence suggests the attacks were supported by Russian ally Iran, things could get dicey really quick. Hamas didn't simply attack Israeli military units or take out strategic targets. They mutilated the bodies of Jewish soldiers. They killed entire families. They kidnapped children and the elderly. They sexually assaulted women and girls before either killing them or carting them back to Gaza as trophies. Hannah Arendt, the brilliant Jewish philosopher of the 20th century, introduced what she called the banality of evil, the idea that moral horrors like the Holocaust aren't caused by monsters, but by ordinary people. What we witnessed Saturday might be called the reality of evil. And what's been exposed since is the broken ability of the world to think in moral categories about even the most horrendous evils. Apparel of prosperity is an illusion that peace and affluence are normal and natural rather than a blessed anomaly of history. Not only is our current economic situation a relatively new phenomenon in the history of the world, but as Tom Holland and Glenn Scrivener have compellingly argued, our expectations of human rights and human dignity are owed exclusively to Christianity's influence on the world. In other words, what shocked the world on October the 7th would have been an ordinary experience for many humans throughout history. And yet, we have to be clear, evil remains an ordinary experience of humanity after Eden, even today. And in moments like these, the postmodern ideals that no truth is really true and all moral claims are really only naked grabs of power are exposed for the lies they are. Disney might be committed to the idea that every villain has a justifying backstory and that there's no black and white, only gray, but that vision just fails the test of the real world. The only explanation, the only one for anyone who excuses or justifies or celebrates Hamas's actions is that they've been taken captive in their heart and mind, either by an Islamic extremism or by the critical theory mood in which the oppressed and the oppressors have already been decided. And two more aspects of evil, all taught within a Christian worldview, are evident in this situation as well. 
First, not all evils are or should be considered equal. As someone rightly put it, saying in this situation that, well, both sides are wrong is kind of like saying, well, Mordor is evil, but Frodo has his flaws too. Second, evil cannot be tolerated. Harboring Hamas will likely be the most destructive decision ever made by Palestinian authorities. The butchers of Hamas aren't misunderstood, nor did they misunderstand what they were doing. Our contemporary worldviews are wholly inadequate when it comes to recognizing, understanding, and responding to evil. So Christians should work and pray for God to bring a right understanding of evil back to the world, even as we pray for Him to bring a just peace to the people of Israel. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Thank you very much, John. Let's take it outside next, Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon. Outside of lake effect areas, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a stray shower. But lake effect rain showers will continue in favored areas east of Lake Erie, Lake Ontario. High temperatures, upper 40s to the upper 50s. For tonight and tomorrow, partly cloudy away from lake effect. Variably cloudy, a few scattered showers in lake effect zones. Low temps, 40s. High temps tomorrow, 50s to near 60. Clouds, some sun Thursday with high temperatures near 60. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. I'm your host, Bob Price. Here's what's happening Tuesday afternoon, the 10th of October. President Biden will speak at the top of the hour from the White House on the war that's raging in the Holy Land. Last night, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu took to the microphone. Israel is at war. We didn't want this war. It was forced upon us in the most brutal and savage way. But though Israel didn't start this war, Israel will finish it. Correspondent Holly Williams has the latest on day four of the war. Deadly retribution is raining down on Gaza. Israeli forces are massing at the border. 300,000 reservists have been called up. And Israel's ordered a total siege of the Gaza Strip. A thousand Israelis and 11 Americans slaughtered by Hamas in the coordinated attack early Saturday reporter Richard Engel. Hamas says it prepared for this for over a year and this morning released training videos showing his fighters practicing blowing up the security fences around the Gaza Strip. Now Hamas is threatening to kill its hostages and film those executions. If the Israeli airstrikes do not stop, at least a dozen Americans are among those taken by the terror group. The families of the missing spoke at a press conference today in Tel Aviv. This mom recalls the last message she received from her son before he was whisked away into Gaza. It was a text message containing the words, I love you and I'm sorry. I knew immediately wherever he was, it was a terrible situation. I took it to mean I love you and I'm sorry because whatever is going to happen is going to cause you tremendous pain and worry. The Israeli military, meanwhile, continues to gear up for an all-out ground invasion. They are massing troops by the thousands near the border with Gaza. Wisconsin Congressman Mike Gallagher says the Biden administration needs to rethink its Mideast policy after these latest atrocities. What worries me is that the Biden administration seems unwilling to abandon its broader Middle policy, which of course is built on a detente with Iran. That should be dead. Biden has been trying to resurrect the lifeless corpse of Obama's nuclear deal with Iran. That is really the source of all chaos in the region. What we need to do, perhaps more than anything, is to reimpose maximum pressure on Iran. Iran is Hamas's patron. And we can start by freezing the $6 billion that the Biden administration was going to give to Iran in return for American hostages. Five American hostages. Well, now we have at least 12 Americans taken hostage in Gaza. So 
on net we've lost seven Americans. It shows you how foolish this policy of trying to bribe the Iranian regime is. That is Wisconsin Congressman Mike Gallagher. The White House confirms that President Biden was interviewed Sunday and Monday by the special counsel investigating classified documents. Those documents were discovered at Biden's home in Delaware and in a D.C. office. Here's legal analyst Thane Rosenbaum. President Trump's Mar-a-Lago documents case made a lot of noise and Trump himself was indicted in Florida. That made Trump supporters charge a double standard of justice. At least we now know that the Biden case was not buried. Whether President Biden will be indicted, however, is another matter altogether. Special counsel Robert Herr is examining the improper retention of classified documents by Biden from his time as a U.S. senator and as vice president. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. declared his independence last night from the Democratic Party in a major speech in Philadelphia. That means RFK will run as an independent in next year's presidential election. I was raised in the Democratic Party. My father, my uncles were the leaders of the party. You know, our relationship with the Democratic Party goes back generations. So leaving the party is very, very difficult for me, but it was a choice I didn't feel that I had. A recent Reuters poll shows in a hypothetical matchup against President Biden and former President Trump, RFK would pull in about 14% of the vote. That same poll has Trump beating Biden by a couple of points. House Republicans plan to vote tomorrow on a new speaker after last week's ouster of Kevin McCarthy. University of Virginia political scientist Larry Sabato. McCarthy has now indicated he might be willing to take the speakership if it's offered to him again by a caucus that is repentant, particularly the eight. But I just don't know who among the eight would reverse course and go with McCarthy. Maybe one or two, but you need more than that to make this work. After the secret ballot is taken, the nominee must be confirmed by the full House. Ohio's Jim Jordan and Louisiana's Steve Scalise are on the short list for the House speakership. You're listening to the Noon Report, a Tuesday edition on Family Life. High school students sharing their faith. That's our focus today on Family Life News as our feature talks with two high school students from Pennsylvania. Fields of Faith is an annual event sponsored by local chapters of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Many of those will happen in the next weekend or two. To get you a preview, we begin talking with high school senior Jack Anderson. We will be, um, the students will be leading it. Basically have a night of worship a quick message um, from a sergeant, I'm pretty sure, that influenced Tim's life um, pretty pretty tremendously. And then after all that, we will have prayer circles on the football field, um, just praying for our area, um, schools across the nation. And Tell us about your local chapter. Our local one, which actually just got moved to the, our location just got moved out of a classroom because we had too many people uh, coming. So we started this about a year and a half ago. Um, me and my sister, my sister's now graduated, just had the idea, just felt convicted to do it. And we jumped two feet in with uh, Mr. Gillis, which is our teacher sponsor. We started and it wasn't, it wasn't a big hit. It was not a big uh, club, probably seven to 15 um, initially. And then now we, our last meeting was had 48. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, 
And I'm, I'm pretty excited about this year because there's a lot of other people that have decided to lead and take more of a leadership role in the whole thing. What's the motivation that has you overflowing a classroom at your school? There hasn't really been this kind of message being given to these students. And I think it's just for some of these students, they, they really are drawn to it and want to hear this message and want to, want to understand it more and how to make it impact their life almost and how they can live it and do better each and every day. And I feel like they just keep coming and tell their friends about the message as well, which is amazing. Let's also talk with Abby Johns. Tell us about FCA at the Kiskey Area High School. Um, so we also started about a year and a half ago. We have a lot of our athletes from sports teams coming. We also have members from our Bible club that attend too. So it's, it's been taken off. We get bigger and bigger each each time we meet. Once they realize like what's it about, they, they truly love it. So they just keep inviting their friends and it just keeps spreading. Student athletes who often are highly looked up to in a lot of student bodies with that kind of an influence on other students that you are not shy about sharing or talking about or asking about AIDS. Does that influence spread beyond just the sports teams? Being a part of sports and kind of putting myself out there in that realm also allows me to tell people about the gospel and help them to hear me more. And I can tell them and share with them the good news. That's just something that's been really cool to see. Jack Anderson of the Plum School District. He is a high school senior. And one of the things I like to do when we're talking with teenagers is to talk about what is unique about your generation. Every generation has its challenges, but what is it like being a teenager in the 2020s? I think COVID especially kind of derailed some people. A lot of people are just kind of lost for, I guess, our generation in this high school kind of class. A lot of them are drawn to this because of that and because of COVID and just kind of the past years. Um, and I think just kind of the way we're growing up, it's kind of just cell phones and constant, okay, I can do this, I can do this. And everybody just wants to be calm and like relax. And I think something that is drawing to them to FCA is that piece of it. And the gospel and understanding that they can put their faith in something and be grounded and have something to rely on at all times. And Abby Johns from the Kiskey Area High School, what do you see as key needs for your generation in your teen years? I just feel like everyone wants to be wanted. They want to feel included. And I feel like once they build a relationship with God, that's that's what they get. Once they have their relationship with Him, they just continue to keep it. They pray, they read their Bibles, they spread His Word like we do in the FCA meetings. Abby Johns and Jack Anderson, two leaders of local FCA groups, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You can find out where a Fields of Faith event will be in your area by going to the website, Fields of Faith. I'm Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. All right, Greg, thank you very much. You're listening to the Noon Report on Family Life. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast on the midday weather map. We're still dealing with that swirling area of low pressure in southeastern Canada, keeping us in its grip of chill and unsettled skies, ranging from sunny to rainy with lake effect. The expectation is that system will gradually uh, ease its grip on the area. That should mean gradual easing of the chill and a more in the way of sun over time. For this afternoon, outside of lake effect areas, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a stray shower 
but lake effect rain showers will continue in favored areas east of Lake Erie, Lake Ontario. High temperatures, upper 40s to the upper 50s. For tonight and tomorrow, partly cloudy away from lake effect, variably cloudy, a few scattered showers in lake effect zones. Low temps, 40s. High temps tomorrow, 50s to near 60. Clouds, some sun Thursday with high temperatures near 60. Thank you very much, Kevin Williams. Finally at noon today, it's 10-10 on your calendar. And for math geeks, that's a big deal. Correspondent Bree Tennis. On 10-10 day, we celebrate the metric system. Created in 1586 by Simon Stephen, it's all about the power of 10. There are only three countries who don't use it, Liberia, Myanmar, and the U.S. It's all about the imperial system with pounds, miles, and yards. The U.S. tried to make the switch in 1975 with the Metric Conversion Act. It didn't take. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. All right, and that's the world we live in Tuesday, 10-10, October 10th, 2023. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News. You've been listening to The Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.